everyone, and welcome back to Hate Raid. I'm Em. And I'm Anna. And today we are back with another special Rewind episode um, in which Em has challenged the both of us to read a book that she knows she hates from uh, middle school. Middle grade? Yeah. That around that age, puberty time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so we read Midnight for Charlie Bone by Jenny Nemo. Nemo? 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 I don't know. No idea how she pronounces it. Um, But first things first, M, why do you hate this book? Okay, so we kind of talked about this back when I challenged us to read this book. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't hate this book when I first read it, when I was probably around 11 or so. And it is the first in a series of books called the Children of the Red King series, or the Charlie Bone series, which is eight books long. And around book five or so, five or six, I realized that they were stupid and hated them in retrospect because I was like of that age where I was kind of too old for these books, Mm -hmm. but I was still reading them because I'd started reading when I was the appropriate age for these books. So I hated them like in retrospect, but I wasn't really sure if I actually hated them or not because it, like I said, it could have just been like a, oh, I was aging out of them I'm sort of thing. I'm too cool for school now. And having reread it, no, these are definitely bad books. Yes. <laughs> it was so dumb. This was very bad. <laughs> uh, yeah, as someone who was unfamiliar with the series, mm-hmm. what was your what was your take? I didn't care for it at all from the very beginning. Um, <laughs> I, I feel like... And no offense to Jenny Nimo Nimo or whatever, but it was like she tried, she realized Harry Potter had gotten popular, Mm. and then she was like, I want to do that too, but how can I do it slightly differently um, and make it distinct enough from Harry Potter that people don't realize that I'm just doing it, you know, like... yeah. Here's the thing. I don't want to say that she was ripping off of Harry Potter because I, I honestly don't think she was intending to Mm -hmm. like she had written other books before this Mm -hmm. um this wasn't her first series or anything she says she wasn't like just being totally opportunistic about it Mm -hmm. but at least in terms of marketing this was definitely pushed as like harry potter but yeah which it totally was it's because um in the british versions because she is she's a british author um and in the british versions the titles are all not formulated the way the way they are in the American versions because mm-hmm. in the American versions, it's midnight for Charlie Bone, and then the rest are all Charlie Bone and the, mm. which is very obviously derivative from Harry Potter and the. Not saying that you know there's a copyright on that, and that's the only series that can do that. But I mean, it's a book series about a preteen boy who has a parent who has disappeared under mysterious circumstances. Uh, which has led him to be raised by relatives who he doesn't get along with. Mm -hmm. And then he discovers he has magical powers and goes to a school for children with magical powers where he is sorted into one of the three houses instead of four houses. Um, Right. And then nothing actually happens. This is the other thing. Nothing happens in this book. Nothing, nothing happens. Nothing and, happens. Like, there's nothing magical about it. No. About him. They call it, like, 
being in doubt, which, which. Yeah, I'm like a 13-year-old boy. That made me giggle the whole time. I couldn't <laughs> stop. In doubt. Every time they're like, oh, his father was in doubt as well. I was like, oh, was he? Like, <laughs> tell me more. <laughs> this book is really starting to pick up now, isn't it? Yeah, after the first 50 pages of nothing, right. suddenly we um, learn about endowments. So I guess we should kind of talk about like, how this book breaks down. I feel like the other rewind episodes, we didn't have to go over the plot quite as much, but mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of ground to cover in this one, even though nothing really happens. So like, yeah. okay. So you know how, when people are talking about, uh, like a, a common complaint with some books is like, Oh, if people just talk to each other, none of this would have been an issue. This is just all a communication right. issue. And we've had that discussion before too, but I feel like this book is an example of why do you look startled? Sorry, my headphones made a funny noise. Oh, okay. I think they're okay now though. Okay. Um, I think this book is like an example of why that isn't always the right way to go because literally mm-hmm. all of this book is is Charlie being told things by people. Mm-hmm. Like there's no mystery at all. It's just people being like, Oh, and then this thing happened and then Charlie's like, Huh, that's interesting. And then going and talking to someone else and then being like, oh, okay, so that thing you just learned about, so here's the next part of it. Yeah, just keep doing it, which I think is supposed to be like, oh, you've been given a quest by this mysterious Mr. Ominous that's totally not the Red King that you've been slowly learning about throughout the first book. Oh, he's not, though. He's not? He's not. (laughs) But why does he have the Red King's cats, then? The leopards? Because he's just one of the... Let me... Here, hold on. Let me look it up. Oh, because I... Do a whole synopsis of the whole series. Um, we will get to that. Uh, but let me here. Let me pull him up real quick because I'm on the Charlie Bone wiki right now. <laughs> Wait, like the Which, Wikipedia page or the actual Charlie Bone wiki? No, the Charlie Bone wiki. Okay, of okay. course. <laughs> um, the Charlie Bone Wikipedia page is useless. <laughs> <laughs> It the which incidentally has been like defunct for years. By the way, <laughs> when I got on it, it was like, "Do you want to restart this wiki? Someone it has been abandoned. Please I restart why. this wiki." And I was like, "Well, <laughs> no, thank you." Um, no, he's just a guy who owns uh, the pet cafe, which or pets cafe, mm-hmm. which is a featured thing in later books where they all hang out. And it says he is thought to be endowed, but his endowment is never described. A popular Mm -hmm. hypothesis is that he shares the gift of speaking animal tongues with Billy Raven. Mr. Onimus possibly has, which incidentally, Onimus, not ominous. Oh, my bad. Just to be. Oh, I'm saying just to be annoying and confusing. (laughs) I didn't Um, even read. That didn't register at all in my mind. (laughs) I was reading the Mr. Onimus possibly has the gift of healing, as stated in the first book when he cured Runner Bean, which is the Mm -hmm. name of a dog, by the way. And then eventually there's another character who's his niece named Una. But yeah, he is not the Red King. Okay. He just, He's just cats, a guy that owns the, the Red King's cats. Or... Got, the leopards got turned into cats using the magical spider silk. And mm. mm-hmm. um, they prowl the earth forevermore, I guess. <laughs> well, the Red King got turned into a tree. So Oh, okay. Briefly, briefly. There's a whole thing uh, about that. So. Well. You know, there's a there's thing. a lot going on, and we'll get to that in a second, but we need to talk about <laughs> what happens in this book. Yes, because, and I don't know if it's because it's coming, like, we're recording this after the uh, 
Charlie and the Great Glass Elevator has mm. been released. And so I was, like, getting real Roald Dahl vibes off this whole book. <laughs> really? I was like, this is just, like, the most depressing story of a chosen one going away to a magical school that I've ever heard. Like, what child wants to read about, like, this kid had a depressing life, finds out he's magical, and then goes to the most <laughs> depressing school depressing. in the world. His life still <laughs> sucks. And then at the end, there's, like, no resolution. Like, another girl's life gets way better. <laughs> but his doesn't. So it's just like, this is the worst. I don't care about anything. <laughs> <laughs> so not a fan. No, not at all. <laughs> all right. So, um, all right. So the main character of this book is the eponymous Charlie Bone. He is... 10 11 10 around 10 um yeah the book starts out with basically three things happen in this this book he gets a (laughs) photograph mixed up and it's 400 pages long by the way (laughs) (laughs) um he gets a he gets a photograph mixed up he um a dog gets attacked (laughs) and uh he gets stuck in a maze, but we don't see most of what happens. Yeah, like we got totally gypped on the whole climax of the book. Okay, whatever. <laughs> and everything between that is just people explaining stuff. Yes. Like nothing else happens. Ugh. So first inciting, the inciting incident, he gets this photograph. He was going to get a photograph developed of his best friend's dog named, the best friend is named Benjamin. The dog mm-hmm. is Runner Bean, which mm-hmm. is... British term for green beans, I think. I'm not sure. Really? For a d- I think so. <laughs> um, That's really funny. So he, he gets the photograph switched with this photograph of a baby. It sounded super creepy. Yeah. It, like... The vibe was like w- one of those weird old Victorian death yeah, photographs. Yeah, that's what I thought it was. <laughs> totally imagined but it. Wasn't it. That. Or like um, those Wild West photos that you yeah. that people got a lot in like the late '90s and early aughts. Yes, which also like goes to my whole thing of I don't know. This is supposed to take place in the time it's written. Like it's supposed. Yeah, they came mentioned out in cell phones or computers or something. Yeah, yeah. And but some of the stuff is so like the fact that they don't have light bulbs everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like that some was pe- yeah, like candles weird. and yeah. Um, so he gets this photograph. Oh gosh, we are stuck at this <laughs> before we even, um, all right. So he gets this photograph that is of this baby and he looks at it and he starts hearing voices. <laughs> Look at this photograph. <laughs> Maybe you'll hear a baby laugh. <laughs> um, but so he, he hears the voices that are the people in the photograph and, they're talking about, or near the photograph. I don't think they're even in the photograph. I, I Yeah, I think it's just like what people were saying as the photograph around was being the taken. Photograph. Yes. Yeah. So around the time of this photograph, there's this man talking to this woman, and he's like, I'm so sad. My wife is dead. I must give this baby up. And the woman's like, please don't do that. <laughs> and that's pretty much it, right? Like, that's the, the vibe. Yeah, Those like- aren't the exact words. <laughs> It made no sense. Like, this father's just like, I will trade this baby for the chance to work on a, an invention. Right, which... What? What? <laughs> you just... Okay, here's the thing. I have a the lot to say about the children about all adult relationships in this entire book. Um, yeah. Benjamin's parents? Yeah, Benjamin's negligent parents. What? Charlie's mom basically saying, like... Who's- 
Yeah, I know well, this is like a really abusive. Yeah, like this is a really abusive situation we're in. But if you don't do everything that they say, I get kicked out of this house. Like, you're not <laughs> like, like go then. Like you can yeah. find a job and raise your son somewhere else. It's like whatever. And they mention a few times. I'm not sure exactly what her job is, but she like, works she part works time at a grocery store. at a grocery store. Which I don't know. Take on some extra hours or something, man. Yeah. Like I'm not. I'm just, you're, what, what? Or like, I don't know, she's mending all her clothes. Maybe you could go on to be a seamstress or. Yeah. Like, and I'm just thinking about skills that we're told she has. Who knows what she can actually do because all she does is read magazines all day with grandma. Well, the nice grandma, Maisie. Anyway. He gets this photograph. He's like, oh, voices, his relatives. So he lives in this house with his mom his maternal grandmother his paternal grandmother and his paternal great uncle who's about the age of his father mm-hmm. so uncle Peyton Patton I think it's supposed to be Patton but I don't know okay so we'll go with uncle Patton um p-a-t-o-n oh. yes so his maternal grandmother's very nice his paternal grandmother is really mean and his dad is probably dead mm-hmm. um <laughs> His paternal grandmother realizes that he's hearing these voices and is like, ooh, cool, great, awesome. You're endowed. (laughs) Finally, you don't suck. You're not a useless piece of shit like you have been for the last 10 years. Uh, (laughs) Now here's 500 questions. Answer them. (laughs) Here's some homework. So she gets her three sisters to come over to test to see if he's endowed. Mm -hmm. They discover through some trickery that he is, in fact, endowed with this magical power of hearing people talk in photographs or hearing the ambient noise of photographs or whatever, Mm -hmm. and decide that he shall be sent to Bloor's Academy for Gifted Youths. I don't know if that's the full name. It's Bloor's. Um, Something. Something, something. Worst school ever. which Which is a school for geniuses, they keep saying over and over again. Um, except instead of being like for smart kids, it's like an art school. So mm-hmm. I don't know why they keep calling them geniuses. That seems yeah, like you would think like misleading. prodigies, sure. Yes, but also how many prodigies could there possibly be in this like small area of England? At least three hundred, like a hundred right. per per school. So they it, have like art, theater, art, and music. Theater and music are the three branches, houses. Like I want to yeah. call them houses because it's clearly you know. It's supposed to be kind of like that. Hogwarts, but, you know, whatever. Yeah, but it's like, okay, so we're going to gather all of these, like, super talented children and then treat them like garbage for however many years they're supposed to be enrolled? Like, I get the endowed kids being treated kind of trashily because essentially the whole premise of this series is that the Bloor's family wants to control all of the endowed children. Like, Mm -hmm. that's their goal. Uh, so I get them being kind of shitty to the endowed kids because, I don't know, they want to beat them down or whatever. Like, I get that that could be a pathway to controlling yeah. them. But, like, why would anyone else ever send their children there? I don't understand. Yeah, like, surely these parents are like, wow, I'm paying top dollar to send my most excellent musician of a child to the school where they feed him bread crusts and, like, possibly <laughs> and use corporal punishment. Like... <laughs> Yes. Well, Manfred, who is we're we're bouncing around a little bit, but Manfred, who is yeah. the son of Dr. Bloor, the head of the academy, um, and Manfred is one of the endowed. He 
says that he's so he's the head boy and he says that he beats the kids yes and hypnotizes so, them and shit like but he, like he abuses the hypnotizing his thing the hypnotizing thing you can't go home to your mom and be like oh the head boy hypnotizes me they'll be like what are you talking about crazy <laughs> yeah. but if you go home to your mom and be like the head boy beats the shit out of me like <laughs> in 2002 like uh, when this book was published even if you're into corporal punishment i feel like that should be reserved for the teachers not other students yeah i guess so I mean, I you shouldn't be okay with corporal punishment, period. But if you are one of those who's like, oh, yeah, you know, they need tough discipline. Like, you're going to let another one of the kids be in charge of that? <laughs> but he is the head boy. He's the head boy, though. But he's also the son of the headmaster, so it's like... So, you know, mm-hmm. all right. Before he even gets to the school, we have to deal with all this bullshit with Miss Ingledew. So Charlie looks at the back... Charlie is like... I don't know what to do with this picture. How should I get it back to the owner? And someone, I can't remember who, is like, why don't you look at the back of it? And Mr. Onimus, he came oh, to yeah, yeah. K- kill the mice in the house randomly. Yes. So I he shows was, up, yeah. and then he's like, why don't you just like look at the back of the photo and see if there's an address? And of course there is, <laughs> which... Uh, duh. All right. Like, Charlie's an idiot. I think we can... He didn't even try flipping the photograph over (laughs) once. He tried not at all. (laughs) Um, So he goes to the place where the address is. It's a bookshop owned by this woman named Julia Ingledew, who is the voice from the photo, the woman's voice from the photo. And he gives her the photo and she immediately just spills her entire life story to this 10 year old. Yeah. Like what? And is like, oh, my brother-in-law just passed away and he traded the baby for <laughs> something. I don't know what, but he traded her. And here, totally have, this, have this case and you deal and with it now. And this dog invention. And yeah, she's like, oh, do you want some money for the photo? And he's like, mm, no, you gave me the photo that you had back. Like we traded photos. It seems like that's a pretty fair trade yeah. she's like no 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 i must reward you for your good deed have this robotic dog that plays cassette tapes and he's like cool <laughs> present for benjamin i don't have to buy my friend a gift now because <laughs> it's benjamin's birthday so, yes so he, which was why he wanted the dog photo in the first place yeah so he he decides that he is destined to solve the case of this missing baby and I don't know why he takes that on. Like he's he 10 just does. <laughs> and he doesn't know that he's magically endowed or like that he's capable of doing anything at this point. He's just a regular 10 right. year old. But he's just like, this is my task. And mm-hmm. Mr. Onimus has told him that the baby is at Bloor's. So he's mm-hmm. like, I'm going to Bloor's babies at Bloor's seems like this should be <laughs> serendipity. Kismet. Perfect. Let's go. <laughs> so all that shit happens. We're mm-hmm. also introduced to Uncle Patton, who we discover he goes out only at nighttime because his endowment is that he blows up light bulbs. Which, to me, <laughs> didn't make sense. I was like, there's more light bulbs on at night than there is during the day. Go out during the day and stay in at night. <laughs> that doesn't even, make any sense. Charlie says that, though, and he's like, no, there's light bulbs on during the day and people would notice during the day, which I'm like, okay, I guess, but... Mm. He's just committed himself to being a hermit and he's working on... Well, and here's the other thing. He's a hoarder and a hermit. As you find out as the book series goes on, um, and even in this book, the endowed children are all descendants of this guy called the Red King 
who had all of the powers and then passed each of the kids got some mm-hmm. of them. So And some of them got shittier powers. Some of them got others. shittier powers. But also this took place hundreds and hundreds of years ago. So how the fuck did he have a light bulb exploding power then? Light bulbs weren't invented. That's a good question. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> I did not what even think this, of that. What was this power that like he originally had that got morphed <laughs> into exploding light bulbs? What Emotional the fuck? electrical surges. Right? Like was know. he like causing lightning strikes or something? I don't know. It doesn't make sense. And what is it about just light bulbs? Like, you would think that all electronics at that point would go yeah. on the fritz around him. Or, but no, it's or just light bulbs. alternatively, that all light would get expanded, in which case yes. candles wouldn't work either. So, yeah, that would just start a lot of fires. So. Yeah, I don't know. Charlie, it's very dumb. <laughs> it's all very dumb. The powers are stupid. Charlie's power is stupid, which that does have, like, it's picture traveling is what it is. So mm-hmm. paintings eventually get pulled into it too and whatever. Okay. Um, that's good. And because like, to me, I was like, this is the most like, yeah, like you can't use this for anything because the person whose picture you're looking at can see you like your face appears to them right. as you're looking at their photograph. To I find don't know. Out what- I don't know if it was, if that only happens in, because I think what it is, mm-hmm. is that because eventually he can travel through the paintings Mm-hmm. So I think he was intentionally trying to get Benjamin to see him the time that Benjamin saw him. Okay, okay. So I think that was supposed to be like the teaser for (laughs) later books when he jumps into paintings and shit. Um, He's going to land in some yogurt. (laughs) Like his face appeared in some strawberry yogurt that Benjamin was trying to eat. (laughs) Benjamin was like, the fuck? (laughs) Don't Um, want the yogurt anymore. It's gone bad. This This is gross. (laughs) So Charlie goes to Bloor's and many more discussions take place between Charlie and other people or alternatively that Charlie overhears and it is mm-hmm. dis- it is discovered that there's this girl at Bloor's uh, who is called Amelia Moon who is really Emma Tolly the baby who was kidnapped um, no longer a baby no longer a baby yes they figure out how to open the box thing that Julia Engledew gave oh first sorry they figure out that the dog robot dog that plays cassette that plays cassettes has a cassette in it which is Emma's father, Tolly, just explaining everything. Yeah. Just being like, oh, so I gave up this baby because they gave me this box. And in the box was my, a replica of my ancestor, the Toledo Knight, who was the father of the woman that the Red King married. And I thought I could recreate him. But if you open the box, you'll find a way to save Emma. And it's like, okay, cool. Got it. Like this was. So you traded away. Your daughter for a statue. (laughs) Which, honestly, what this situation actually is, is this man, his wife died. He didn't feel he was capable of raising Mm -hmm. his daughter, so he gave the daughter up for adoption. That's what happened. But everyone's like, they stole the baby. I'm like, no, he didn't want the fucking baby. He didn't want the baby. (laughs) He gave it up for adoption. (laughs) She got adopted. Like, everybody needs to chill the fuck out. Um, So, yes, Emma has been adopted by the Moon family. They don't like her, really. They don't like her, but also she's a shell of a person because when she was adopted at two years old, Manfred, the hypnotized boy, hypnotized her to yeah. be like in a trance for her entire life, which why was that necessary? She was two. She wasn't going to remember. She wasn't going to know. Yeah. Right. They're like, we have to wake her up so she can remember her family. I'm like, she doesn't know her family. She was two. 
She was two. Yeah. She doesn't remember any of this. She was two. This yeah. trance was unnecessary. You could have just adopted her. and ra- She could have been raised and by the Bloors. She could have been raised by the Bloors yes, as a daughter, and they would have been fine, and they would have controlled her completely. That's so my stupid. whole thing. Is like, why did they think that being nasty and hypnotizing everyone would be the best way to control these people? Like, why not just pretend you're good guys and... <laughs> Or not even, like, you don't even have to pretend you're good guys, but, like, be nice to the magic people. Right. Endowed people. Show them how bad whoever you want to target is. And then, like, I don't think they even have a target. They just 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 want to control control everyone. Like, it's so dumb. That's so dumb. It's very dumb. There's, Um, like, no focus to this series at all. Yeah. It's all over the place. Um, So they, they open the box. It's... A statue of a knight that makes a bell noise. So mm-hmm. it recorded all the noises that happened when Emma got hypnotized to unhypnotize her. I guess that's how it works. Who cares? Who Nothing knows? matters. Um, <laughs> so they unhypnotize her. She escapes from the Bloors after. To live with Julia. And then goes to live with her aunt, um, mm-hmm. who's now hooking up with Uncle Peyton. Patton. Paton. Paton. <laughs> Pantene. Uh, <laughs> and that's pretty much the book. Oh, and also we find out that um, Charlie's dad isn't really dead through a series of things happening over and over that reinforce that Charlie's dad isn't dead. And that is, like, act, they act like it's like a big twist when it turns out that Charlie's dad isn't dead, but... It was pretty clear from the beginning that Charlotte's dad wasn't dead. Yeah. Like, they're like, oh, he, his car went over a quarry and, or no went into body. the quarry. No body. Weird. And then one of uh, Charlie's and dad classmates puts, whose power is to feel people's feelings through their clothes, puts on Charlie's hand-me-down tie and is like, nope, this guy's definitely not dead. And Charlie's like, that's so strange because my father was dead. <laughs> he's like, no, he's he's, he's me, like, no, he's, he's not, not dead. Charlie. Charlie's like, but something was strange about what Gabriel had said. <laughs> the the dead not thing. What was that? I that don't understand these words sense. in this order. <laughs> and then and then when they find out about um, Emma being hypnotized, they're like, mm-hmm. oh, and also Lyle, Charlie's father, was there, not driving off a ravine. And yeah. this was when he disappeared, and it was all very mysterious. And then. Charlie's like, huh, that's so weird that my dead father who died driving over a ravine was also being hypnotized at the same time. That's I don't so get strange. it, man. I don't, I don't get, get it. it. <laughs> and then at the end, he's like, Grandma Bone, my father isn't really dead, is he? And Grandma Bone's like, who told you? And I'm like, literally everyone. Everyone. <laughs> Every single person. You guys didn't do very well to keep it a secret. But that's like the hook for the rest of the series is where is Charlie's dad? Who knows? Oh, and also there's the whole part where Charlie gets lost in a hedge maze, which was so dumb. It's like a competition they set up to where the school hides a medal in the middle of the ruins of the Red King's castle that is on school grounds. And I guess each house goes on a different night. They get a turn. To, and they have one hour to find the metal in the center of the ruins and then bring it back out. So if you find it, but it takes longer than an hour to come out, it doesn't count. And the winner gets, like, no detention for a year, which is a really big deal because you get detention for, like, breathing incorrectly. 
And then <laughs> and detention is you because it's a boarding school where you stay the whole week and you go and home only on weekends. Home weekends. Yeah. Detention is you don't go home for the weekend or at least part of the weekend. So which is like what? Like why isn't detention just like you get your free time taken away? Yeah. I guess they don't have free or like time. I you don't have know. to do a chore. I don't right. know. And then and then you also get like some hunger game style perks where it's like we all get to have new art supplies or eat better food because <laughs> someone in our house won this medal oh i thought um, it was just the person who won the medal oh really i thought I it was for the, it was whole the whole group since no know. one apparently can do this task so charlie goes in and one of manford's lackeys is a werewolf asa asa and Asa's like it's implied that he's killed other students in the past, which again, that like, eventually what we're allowing students to kill other students. <laughs> um, the spoilers here, but the um, eventual plot line with him is that he's, I think being hypnotized to do. Shitty of course, things. because he's friends with man's for no one. <sighs> and he's actually a perfectly nice boy and helps Charlie out many times. Please please but, but he's also killed people so yeah. yeah he's also killed innocent kids um including trying to kill charlie because he goes into the um the ruins and, and his charlie's cape has been because they all have to wear capes because mm-hmm. okay um and his cape has been bespelled or just made sparkly possibly they just you know hot glue gun some diamonds on that shit yeah. i don't know um <laughs> by charlie's one of his evil great aunts Yes. So that's how, at first, they're tra- finding him, but then Charlie figures this out immediately because that's a stupid plan and takes the mm-hmm. fucking cape off. Like, da-da! But now he's the only one without a cape, so he's even easier to tell apart. Also, also true. <laughs> so there are these other kids. So the endowed students, if we rewind a little bit, everyone in the school has to do two hours of homework every night where they get together with their house or whatever, but the endowed kids have to go away to do... Um, their homework alone together. In the Red King's room. In the Red King's room with Mansford overwatching them. And so I guess there's like, there are sides to a war that Mm. is happening, supposedly. So there are like some nice kids and then there are some mean kids. And of course, the nice kids turn out to be on Charlie's side and want to help Charlie and are completely devoted to Charlie for some reason at the end of the book, even though they never talked to him. (laughs) I don't know. If they did, it was all left on the cutting room floor. There was like no interaction between these these students that are suddenly like, Charlie is lost in the maze. We have to go save him. And they're like older students, too. So one of them is the kid that can tell emotions through clothes. And I think his name is... No, no, no. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Gabriel. He can tell emotions through clothes, and he gets two other endowed kids. Tanker one, and Lysander. Yes, and one of them controls wind, and the other one can, like, raise spirits. I don't know. So they go, and they fight off, off page. We don't get to see it. They fight Mansford and some telekinetic girl, supposedly. Uh, I don't know. Zelda? Zelda, maybe. Bertha? They, I, don't know. I don't know. They beat her up real bad, and they're like oh, we're, we're here to save you, Charlie. And they do, and they have a feast. But, like, the this scene is told in such a way that we don't get to see any of the action of Anything. Charlie in the maze. Nothing. And we don't get to see any of the action of the powered children fighting each other. So it's right. like... Like, we're told 
Like, while Charlie's being stalked through the maze, we get the part from the point of view of the other kids deciding to go save Charlie. Going up the stairs and, then and talking about how they want to, to the save maze, Charlie. We switch to Charlie's perspective. And I'm like, no, you're backwards. Yeah. <laughs> you're doing the wrong part. And so we get to read these paragraphs about how Charlie is, like, hiding. It's very dull. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's so It was the stupidest conclusion. And it's like... That would have been such, like, that would have been a cool scene to have the battle between the hypnotist, the telekinetic girl, the weather-controlling dude, and the guy who can raise fucking spirits. We don't get to see any of it. It's so lame. And then Charlie's like, wow, my power is to look at pictures. And he did, did he use that power once besides no. the initial thing of like, oh, there's a baby missing. Like that was yeah. it. He used it then and then he used it to look at some magazine photos for his grandma and mom. But that wasn't like to do with the plot. That was just like, hey, he's yeah. still got this power, guys. Don't worry mm-hmm. about it. It was so dumb. <laughs> so, dumb. so dumb. Um, But there's more dumb things to come. And if you Yay. recall... A few episodes ago in the Laurel K. Hamilton episode, we played a little game where I <laughs> ca- gave you four possible things that happened in this series, and you have to okay. pick out the one that does not happen. And this time, there really is one. Last there really time, is one? Happened. Okay. This um, isn't a this trick time, question. There really is one where one of these things didn't happen. The other three happens later in this series. You ready? Okay. Okay. All right. Option A. It turns out that Mr. Pilgrim, the piano teacher, is actually Charlie's father, Lyle, who has been hypnotized by Manfred. After he is released from the spell, he takes up the mantle of the Red Knight and rides around on a horse, which is actually the reanimated wife of the Red King, Berenice. Oh, my God. God. Now, see, part of that I was, like, thinking was what they were leading up to. There's, like, this weirdo piano teacher. Everyone's like, he's really weird and he never says anything. He just plays the piano all day. And then they're like, oh, Charlie's dad was a great pianist. Yes. Well, then, okay. So I believe that one. All right. Sadly. Uh, (laughs) Option B. Charlie's great, great, great aunt, Yolanda Ubeam, enrolls at Bloor's in disguise as a young girl named Bella Donner. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Bella Donner. Bella Donna, get it? But Bella Donner. Except Bella Donner. Oh. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, option three. (laughs) Billy Raven, who we haven't talked about, but who is the albino uh, friend, uh, young child of... He betrayed Charlie. He betrays Charlie. And, oh, I need to read... Before we get into this option, I need to just read this quote from... Let me pull it up real quick. Mm -hmm. So, basically, Billy is, like, tempted to, to spy on Charlie and his friends by... Not Mansford, and not Mansford's man, Manford's father, the head of the school, but they're the the dad of that guy who is this old <laughs> man who sits in a wheelchair and like manipulates children all day. Set, tell, he tells Billy he'll get adopted if Billy tells him all of Charlie's secrets. So they, Billy and Charlie were already friends, and then Billy betrays Charlie to this guy just to get adopted. And they never resolve that in this book, and Billy never apologizes for it, um, but they know he did it, but they never confront him. So Well, they, he Charlie calls him out on it, mm. and Billy's oh, like, I just wanted to get adopted. Oh, yeah, he was like, is it so bad to want parents that love you? And it's like, no, it's actually not because you're nine, and like... Yeah. 
No, really he was should... seven. He's like seven. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Itty bitty. Okay, so when it's revealed by Uncle Pantene that <laughs> some somebody has betrayed them, Charlie's thinking to himself, and it says, Charlie had a horrible feeling he knew. It couldn't possibly have been Benjamin or Fidelio or even Olivia. To be clear, Benjamin, his best friend, is his best friend. That one checks out. That one He doesn't sense. go to magic school. He doesn't go to magic school, but he was around He's some of the barely, stuff. very involved with yes. everything. Um, Fidelio is a non-magic boy who teaches Charlie music and Charlie has known for five minutes. And mm-hmm. Olivia is a non-magic girl who mm-hmm. is in the art department and, or no, the drama department. And Charlie has known for five minutes. And Maybe it, four minutes. He's known Fidelio yes, a little true. bit longer. <laughs> and it goes on to say, he would trust all three with his life. Yeah. Really? That only left Billy Raven. It's Billy Raven, he said. I feel sorry for him, Uncle Pantene. He hasn't got any sort of home, and I think he's frightened or something. Like, okay, number one, of course, like, Bill, the, the fact that you immediately jump to it being Billy kind of justifies that Billy betrays you, because, yeah. like, Billy did nothing to deserve your distrust He at helped this you point. a lot, and he's a seven-year-old boy. Like, you wouldn't... Who's doing his best. What a conniving. It's just because he was albino. They were just like, he's different from us. So he betrayed us. Well, and he keeps saying, like, I haven't been adopted because I'm albino. Mm -hmm. So anyway, that's Billy Raven. So for our listeners. He's a very sad little boy. Context for this next one. Option three. Billy Raven is revealed to be a reincarnation of the Red King, thus his red (laughs) eyes. And the series ends with him having to sacrifice his current form by going back in time to when he left his children, the ones that became evil, in Mm -hmm. order to defeat the evil children and turn them back to the light. Okay. That's option three. Wait, so if that one's true, he goes back in time and just undoes the whole series? You just have to... (laughs) Okay. Okay. I, I, this, this, this first book was clumsy enough. I would believe that. Like, (laughs) and option four, Olivia, who is one of the few non-magical characters in the book is revealed to be one of the descendants of the red King has the power to create illusions. She becomes Charlie's secret weapon against the Blores who do not know about her power and is instrumental in the final conflict. Which of these Wait, four didn't happen in this? I forgot series. what B was again. Uh, Charlie's this is like great- every time we play Balderdash. What was the first one? What was- okay, how about the third one? Charlie's great 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 aunt Yolanda Ubeam enrolls at Blores in disguise as a young girl named Bella Donner. I don't. The one that you made up is so like well disguised. Okay, so I think the first one might be true. Okay. I would believe the Billy Raven one, too, because I feel like that's just dumb enough to happen. (laughs) I think, I think it's, are you sure you weren't lying when you said that there was I am 100% sure that only three of these things happen in this series. I think, I think the, the great, 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 great aunt one didn't happen. Nope, that happened. Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) That is, I believe, the plot of the second book. Oh my gosh, if I just kept reading. <laughs> Where a mysterious young girl shows up and it turns out it's Charlie's great, 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 great aunt. Ew. I believe is implied to be the one to turn all of his other great, great, just two greats aunts evil mm-hmm. because she like adopts them she's or something. She's the most evil? Yeah, she's like the, okay. the first evil one. Mm-hmm. And 
she raised all of them, but Uncle Pantene was not raised by her. Okay. He just kept his head down. He just kept his head down. He kept his head down. He kept his head down. But now it's time to All that glorious Pantene hair. Had to keep it down. (laughs) So, okay. So is it, is it D then? Uh, Nope. Olivia is indeed a descendant of the Red King and does have the power to create illusions, which is the plot, I think, a plot point, I think, in book four. Oh my God. I don't know then. Which one? It's the the Billy Raven thing. Ah, dang it. (laughs) He is, he is not in fact a reincarnation of the Red King. However, he does get adopted at the end of book eight. By Charlie's mom and dad. Wow. Wait, I thought Charlie's dad was dead. No, he's Mr. Pilgrim. We just went over that. (laughs) And he does indeed take up the mantle of the Red Knight and ride around on a horse, which is actually the reanimated wife of the Red King. Amazing. Wait, so the Red King married a horse or the Red King's wife just became one? Became a horse. Okay. (laughs) Just as the Red King became a tree. Oh my gosh. But I think the wife actually does die and then gets, like, brought back as a horse, I think is the deal. Great. Yes. That sounds stupendous. So that's the series. You basically know everything about it now. I don't have to, I, yeah, I don't have to read any more at all, which is really great because I was very disinterested <laughs> in reading the rest of this book. Like, the book ends and nothing has really changed for anyone except that Charlie now knows he lives with an evil grandma <laughs> who has three evil sisters... Or are they her aunts? They are her sisters. Yeah, so she has three evil sisters. He goes to a school run by an evil guy, an evil guy's son, and an evil guy's dad. <laughs> and he ha- and he agrees to go back because he has to keep the balance, but he doesn't know what that means. It's basically like Harry Potter if Harry Potter was just the first part of book seven. Mm-hmm. Like where Voldemort's in control of the school. And- yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> But then we would also get, like, all these flashbacks of Dumbledore explaining the Horcruxes. Yes. And that's it. Like, everyone's most favorite. Like, Charlie's given no agency. Like, we never have any cause to root for him. He doesn't do anything. Yeah, he he doesn't do anything. He just makes friends with people that does stuff, that do stuff. But not, like, not even, his his bar of friendship is much lower than mine. Yeah, he's, like, instantly friends with everyone. I thought Fidelio was going to be the betrayer, to be honest. I thought Fidelio could have been the betrayer. Even though I've read this book, this series, multiple times, I thought Uncle Pantene was going to end up being evil. But then I was like, oh, no, wait, he doesn't. Um, He just ends up in love with Julia Engledew, the bookseller, Mm -hmm. which was a painfully annoying plot point. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I, it was, it was a mess. And the thing is, like, a lot of the characters besides Charlie are interesting. And I think this is probably my silver lining. Um, mm-hmm. They're like, there's interesting characters in here. There's interesting. And, you know, like just because world building is insane doesn't mean it can't be good. Like mm-hmm. the concept is not bad by itself. The characters like I'm really in. And, you know, they kind of show up more in later books. But uh, Lysander, he's a really cool character. Yeah, uh, Tankard's he's got cool. super awesome powers. He's got, gr- they've got great powers. Even Gabriel's mm-hmm. like an interesting character and like goes through emotional changes. But those are all like tertiary characters. The main characters are just blah, blah, except for Olivia, who's only interesting because she's fucking annoying. Yeah, she's, she's got different color hair and Which, a superstar oh, mom. Time for my um 
it's been a few weeks since I've we've had a rant where I talk about how people don't know how <laughs> cosmetics work in books. Um, so Olivia's whole thing is that she has fun colored hair. Yay. <laughs> but then um, during detention, they get caught by one of Charlie's aunts, who's also the matron at the school. And she goes and makes her wash out her hair. And she shows up and she has mousy brown hair. And she's like, she made me wash it out. It was just spray on. And I'm like, bitch, are you telling me you spray on hair dye every day? Are you insane? No, she just hasn't washed her hair. Is the Maybe, but like, okay. <laughs> she's like 10. That, she's never, she's not washed her hair in three weeks. I've used spray on hair dye before for like costumes and shit. Mm-hmm. Number one, you can tell it's spray on. It looks crunchy because it's like, mm, it's, it's like essentially hairspray. using hairspray, except it's colorful. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it just mm-hmm. makes your hair crunchy if you put a ton of it in. And if she has brown hair, it's going to take She's a lot. She's putting a ton She's of it in. She's putting a ton in. You guys, yeah. her hair is so gross. <laughs> And she's daily, she's wearing that, either not washing her hair or redoing it daily. That is so gross. She needs to be stopped. She just needs to shave off all her hair and start over. Because or just dye her hair. What are you doing? Yeah, your parent, your mom is rich. She's a rich movie star and doesn't seem to care about what you do at all. So just right. dye your hair so just you dye your hair. can't be forced to wash it out. You're spending millions on spray and hair. Just go buy some Manic Panic. Like, come on. Ugh. <laughs> oh. And she wears such impractical shoes every day. <laughs> her shoes will be the death of her. <laughs> <laughs> Which, like, Ugh. who's letting a 10-year-old run around in stiletto heels anyway? <laughs> it's my question. I also, speaking of being the death of her, I also feel like the problem with this series is that there are no stakes. Like, at no point do I ever feel like any of the characters are actually in danger. Mm-hmm. And... I mean, that kind of can, like, first book, okay, you kind of want to ease into it. You don't want to start murdering children left and right. Um, but yeah, like, this is a, like, that's essentially, as the series goes on, this continues to be pretty much the Bloor's, like, modus operandi is just kidnapping children, mm-hmm. which, like, that's, it's, it's not working. You guys need to come up with a new plan. Start murdering people because this is not working. It's not working and it's not scary because like yeah they get kidnapped for five minutes and then they get unkidnapped and everything's fine it's so dumb not saying that kidnapping isn't serious but in the world of charlie bone it's pretty yeah in the world of charlie bone where they're getting kidnapped and then raised by another family and hypnotized like there there are surprisingly few consequences to those actions for everybody like only no ptsd for emma for having to go through all that or anything or like i will say i do like this scene where um uncle pantine because they're like we're we're not gonna let emma go live with julia ingledew we don't know for sure that like the blur's line is Mm -hmm. that she's not really an uh what's it what's her last name Tolly, Tolly. Tolly. Yeah, she's yeah, not really Tully. Emma Tolly. There's no paperwork to prove that. Mm-hmm. And Uncle Pantene comes strolling up to the castle and explodes <laughs> all of their light bulbs to make them give, <laughs> and then give he's him like, paperwork. Okay, here's like, the that's papers. A low, that's a low-stakes situation anyway, like, to have that be kind of the climactic thing of being like, they won't give us the paperwork. Like, that's not good. <laughs> Try reading now. Right. But, like, <laughs> the fact that it's solved by 
this man child coming up and exploding all their light bulbs is hysterical and a great visual. Yeah. Which, like, he seems to solve a lot of Charlie's problems just by going and talking to people aggressively. Which I'm like, okay, but what is his leverage? I don't understand. Like, he... Benjamin's parents are pretty much absent through most of the book. Um, because apparently they are private detectives and they just work 24 seven. So Benjamin is always home alone, which opens him up to being, um, invaded by, uh, one of Charlie's aunts who goes to like stay there. His parents leave him a letter that's like, you know, as you know, we're both private detectives. I'm like, why are you opening the letter that way? Like why, as you know, but then they're like, we have to go private detect somewhere else. So, because we're working on the same case and um, uh-huh. we're going to have social services send someone to take care of you. I'm like, is that what social services does in Britain? Yeah. Why wouldn't they just take the child away? Right. Like that's not <laughs> how that works. I don't know. Maybe that, maybe that is like, you can call them up and get a nanny like requested. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But here, if you're calling social services, you don't call them on yourself. Number no. one. <laughs> <laughs> that's like they left and the next door neighbors were like hey charlie's mom called she was yeah, very charlie's mom calls and is like hey um i need to report the fact that this child's parents have left him alone for two weeks and mm-hmm. then they show up and take the kid away right and put him in foster care yeah so like number one that's insane but then mm-hmm. the person that they send is one of charlie's great aunts which is also insane Yeah, so, like, I guess you could say maybe it was all orchestrated by magic, whatever, which, you know, begs questions of, like, what are the ants' endowments and blah, 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 if they're able to manipulate people this way. It's never explained. But then Uncle Patton goes and talks to Charlie's parents. He hunts them down and has a stern conversation with them about their parental duties, and they agree to, like never leave Benjamin home alone again and they turn into like perfect model parents which I'm like but your power was exploding light bulbs so how did you get them to agree to that so readily and so like steadfastly I don't understand yeah I don't understand which also when he when Benjamin's explaining how this has all happened he's like I guess he went and hunted them down mom wears a yellow raincoat sometimes uh what does that mean okay what does that mean Benjamin (laughs) Like he's he like, oh. asked every woman in a yellow raincoat if they if, wanted a son named Benjamin. She'd abandoned her child recently. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's just so uh, weird. And like I said, it's like rolled doll levels of child abandonment and neglect that just they don't make sense except for to like provide some sort of tragic background character or tragic background for the characters. Um. And then, like, it's all tied up with a nice little bow, like, bleh, it's done. <laughs> so, I don't know. That part just, like, really bugged me. It answered too much, but not enough. Like, yeah. it tied stuff up that shouldn't have been tied up that quickly and easily. Mm-hmm. And it didn't tie up the things that we actually cared about. Yeah, yeah. So, it was, like, very much a first book, but it also mm. only felt like part of a first book. yeah. If that makes sense. But, like, please don't make this longer. I don't want it to be longer. I just wanted it to be edited well, better. Thing. Honestly, yeah. Like, you could have cut out 80% of this book and just had mm-hmm. Charlie go talk to Miss Ingledew, get the robot dog, play the robot mm-hmm. dog to find out how to open the stupid case, open <laughs> the case, go to Bloor's, meet Emma, play the thing, 
or yeah, play the thing, wake Emma up and then have a story from there with like things happening. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, this essentially felt like the setup to a story, but yeah, there was no story and the setup was way too long because we had well, to have the mystery, but none of it was a mystery. And I knew it was going to be bad going in because <laughs> the prologue is completely pointless and further like it's explained in the book Gosh, almost what was like the prologue i can read it it's only three paragraphs and they're very short long long ago a king arrived in the north they called him the red king because he wore a scarlet cloak and his shield was emblazoned with a burning sun it was said that he came out of africa this king was also a marvelous magician and each of his ten children inherited a small part of his power but when the king's wife died five of his children turned to wickedness and the other five seeking to escape the corruption that surrounded their evil siblings left their father's castle forever brokenhearted the red king vanished into the forest that covered the kingdoms of the north he did not go alone however for he was followed by his three faithful cats leopards to be precise we must never forget the cats the manifold and fabulous powers of the red king were passed down through his descendants often turning up quite unexpectedly and someone who had no idea where they came from this is what happened to Charlie Bone and to some of the children he met behind the grim gray walls of Bloor's Academy. Like, why did we need any of that explained to you us at the beginning of the book? Me of? <laughs> What's that? That reminds me of, like, in a manga series <laughs> where they put, like, the blurb at the beginning of each book oh, to, like, yeah, of each be like, volume. okay, this is what the book is. Like, you know, mm-hmm. but this, this is the first book, though. Like, we don't. Yeah, we don't need that. We don't need the blurb. You're going to tell us about the blurb. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's basically everything that was in the cassette tape that um, Tolly left for his in, in, in the dog. Right. Like, that's all explained by him, I'm pretty sure. Or like the uncle who's writing a book on the Red King. Well, did you have anything you liked about this book? I don't know. I mean, I guess some of the powers were more interesting than others. Like, I really like Gabriel's mm-hmm. power, um, where he could put on clothes and feel the emotions of the last person that wore it. I thought that was kind of a neat thing. Um, but they just were never explained. They weren't given any justice, I guess. Yeah. To become fully interesting so yeah of those characters who did you uh, relate to um there were so many characters there were this is a book with a ton of characters yes um i think probably i liked fidelio a lot Mm, i thought he was very interesting and he comes from a musical background. I feel like Fidelio was probably the most interesting of the friends he of Charlie. He had the most personality. Like Charlie had the least. Yeah, Charlie had the least, followed by like Benjamin, probably. Yeah. Which is actually who I feel like I related to the most, because... <laughs> Benjamin? <laughs> yes, but stay with me. <laughs> okay. But because of the line towards the beginning when Charlie's describing Benjamin, and he's like... Oh, Benjamin was, like, teased by the other kids and stuff, but I don't think Benjamin knew that he was just a perpetual victim. (laughs) And I don't know. I was like, I feel like that's kind of me. Like, I'm kind of, like, oblivious to shit. Um, Oh, gosh. That's funny. But, like, honestly, none of the characters really had much personality, so it was kind of hard to pick one to... Yeah. You could have, like, had a line of dialogue and then put any dialogue tag at the yes. end said by any person and right. you've been like yeah i'd believe they said that right because they were all the same because it was all just information dumps mm-hmm. and who cares who's telling you the info like 
and it se- it seemed like most of the info was pretty readily available to multiple people. So yeah, it could have just been. Yeah, it could have been anyone saying anything. Right. And also for going to a magic, well, going to a school that fronted as a regular school but was secretly a magic school. When did they ever teach them how to use their powers? They like um, they don't. Yeah, but that's because that's the thing that they're not trying to they're trying just trying to have them under one roof to control them they don't the... eh? okay eh. but like but, but the big why question, even have magic powers then <laughs> the bigger question is this school in a world where magic is not supposed to be like it's not a a ma- it's a magic system in which magic is not acknowledged by the general mm-hmm. public right unlike mm-hmm. um uh, like Kim Harris or um, I think the uh, whatchamacallit. Oh, uh, Alona Daniels. Is that her name? Alona Andrews, I think, is one. Alona Andrews, yeah. Anyway, um, the yeah. Ty- those type of books were, or like um, the Sookie Stackhouse series where everybody knows that vampires exist and whatever. This series is of the Harry Potter bent where magic is hidden. Mm-hmm. And yet, like, all of the non-magic kids at the school know about magic and the school has been established for like a decent amount of time because like Charlie's dad went there. Yeah. Like how, how, how is this not just acknowledged as reality or how are are there not people like pounding on the door of Bloor's Academy being like, we need to study these children for science. Like, you know, (laughs) like what's the sitch? Not explained. Yeah. They don't seem to do a really, good job of keeping it under wraps it's not or like hidden, even they don't care yeah they're just like oh i guess no one would believe it but i'm like but you're regularly hypnotizing children like some of them are gonna grow up to believe it like <laughs> yeah oh man it's so very dumb rather rather be reading what's our rather be reading this week oh anything i don't know yeah anything well right now i'm currently reading the name of the wind by um patrick rothfuss Mm. so i would rather be definitely reading that but i think more along the lines of like a magical school book Uh. the whole bells thing really reminded me of like garth nix's abhorson abhorson is that how you say it i think so i I'm gonna admit I tried to get into that as a kid and I never never could finish it I loved those books it's basically about um it's been a long long time since I've read them but a girl who can who has some control over the realm of the dead um by um using bells to send people past Mm. different gates of death essentially hmm uh so they're very interesting and a little bit dark for you know kids books but I, I would have like appreciated them. a little more darkness in this book, honestly. I, I think so, too. Yeah, I think that's what it was missing. My pick, uh, I can't actually say the title of, um, because it is one of our upcoming reads, and we Uh-oh. haven't we haven't uh, released the episode. Well, actually, by the time... No, yeah, we will have, ha- we will have said it. Um, so mm-hmm. my pick this week is for our next week's hate read, which is Legally Blonde. Which I do not, I'm not enjoying, but here's, here's the situation. Here's the situation. I started reading, we both started reading Legally Blonde before we started reading this because we forgot that we were doing this one first. (laughs) Um, 
So I'm about 50% of the way through and I hate it so much. And it is the purest (laughs) hate read I've read on this podcast where I am literally like, I'm I'm so angry about it and I need to see if any of it turns out even remotely okay because I hate it so, so much, but I want to finish it so bad, but I can't because I'm like, we're not recording that for another two weeks and I need to have some of it be fresh on my mind when we do it. Yes. So that's my yes. rather be reading for this week. It has nothing to do with this book, but there you go. There you have it. I was super relieved when you were like, oh, we're supposed to be reading another book this week. And I was like, yes. <laughs> it's... Atrocious. I was only like 14% through and I was like, I cannot I do this. I am 50% of the way through and it is truly the most atrocious book I've read for this podcast. So stay tuned to so hear more about tuned. that. <laughs> now, to be fair, I think that for most of the books that I'm reading, but I really, really feel this time it's the one. Good. I'm very happy with this. <laughs> All right. So that I think pretty much wraps it up for this episode, unless you had anything else you wanted to talk about no um no (laughs) it was bad next fortnight (laughs) as stated we will be back to our challenges with legally blonde um (laughs) yay which yeah looking forward to that one and then i believe the week after that will be another rewind episode which Mm -hmm. do you know what we're doing for that one yet or do you want me to vamp I really I know a good one because I really hated it at this age and I changed my mind again about what book is but I don't know if I can bring myself to finish reading it I've never finished this book and I'm wondering if I can because you've probably read it and not minded it well now we have it Oh, God. Is that under 400 pages? I don't think I it is. I think don't think so. Do I think it. it's at 300 something. Oh, but I know that was a thing. I was like, it's so tedious. I don't know if we can do it, but it would be a really good one to do. Uh, yeah, it's only 304 pages. All right. Guess we're doing The Hobbit. Okay. So, yes, a book, a book I have never finished and had no desire to ever finish. I'm not a big Tolkien fan Tolkien Tolkien please please Clearly. don't me. um <laughs> um yeah so the hobbit all right so uh can't wait for that look forward to that we've got legally blonde coming up two weeks from now and a month from now we'll have the hobbit for you um if you guys want to keep up to date with what we're reading and what's going on you can follow us on Twitter, hate readcast or at hate readcast. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have your own middle school hate reads that you'd like to suggest for us to read in a future yes. rewind episode, um, you can email us hate readcast at gmail.com. Thanks as always to Ben Cope for yes. our fantastic theme song. Mm-hmm. And follow I'll us for a quote. Follow us. Oh, oh yeah, and then follow us on whatever platform you found um, found this podcast on. Subscribe to it. We are on iTunes, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, Stitcher, everything. And We're I there. think at this point we've been around long enough to start doing the annoying thing where we beg for reviews. So if you guys want to go review us on iTunes, that would also yeah. be great. Five stars, ideally. Yeah, ideally, <laughs> ideally. Um, if you have any comments to make the podcast better we don't really want to hear them so just leave five stars and a positive review. Thanks. <laughs> five stars and a smiley face we'll know what it means 
<laughs> that will that will suffice. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> no, uh, constructive feedback is fine, but like email it to us. Don't don't you know? Yeah. Be rude, <laughs> please. <laughs> don't hurt our feelings. We're very fragile. <laughs> In the words of Jenny Nemo, Charlie decided he was just eating to forget his anxiety. Was he doing the right thing? Would Olivia find the house? Would Amelia wake up? And if she did, would she scream and freak out or faint or turn into something else? A bird, maybe? He took another sandwich. For a singer, your mom makes amazing sandwiches, he told Fidelio (laughs) as he munched into banana and peanut butter. I forgot that those were very two two very distinct things. Like you usually can't do one or the other. You can't appreciate music and also make a good sandwich. <laughs> and make an amazing sandwich out of banana and peanut butter. <laughs> such Damn such it, skill. Charlie. Such skill the woman has. Oh my That's how boring this book is. That was that's how Charlie was so excited about that sandwich we had to have a whole paragraph about it. His family never fed him bananas and peanut butter. So abused. Oh my god. All right. What a book. What a book. <laughs>